The Locust Valley girls basketball team was one of the most dominant teams in the league this year, going an undefeated 23-0 and winning the Long Island County Championship. We bring you the stories of the players and coaches a part of that team, the success, conflicts, and what allowed them to win before the coronavirus cut their playoff run short. In episode one of the Locust Valley Road to the Championship, we break down the relationship between head coach Mike Gadone and the players along in that team. So without further ado, here's your Locust Valley Road to the Championship. Before this, let me tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So now here's head coach of the Locust Valley women's basketball team, Mr. Mike Gadone. Can you tell me about your journey of, of becoming a coach and how you were able to pull off uh, the success this year and how you plan to do that in the future? Sure. Um, I started out wanting to be a coach from the time I was probably nine or 10 years old. I had gone to the Boys and Girls Club in Locust Valley, the Grenville Baker Boys and Girls Club, uh, from the time I was seven all the way up until I was 18 years of age. And that was the place where um, I was exposed to, to every sport and activity possible. And from, from those times and, and the people that I had as coaches, I knew that that's really something that I had a passion for and I, that I wanted to do. I played basketball at Locust Valley and I played at Malloy College. And during that time, uh, I still had the goal to be a coach at some level. At the beginning, I felt I, I wanted to go all the way to, to be a college head coach you know, on the highest level possible. Um, and as time went on, um, I got to work with some great college programs on the division two level here on long Island. Um, I started out as a assistant at New York Institute of technology, New York tech with the men's program there for two years. I was a volunteer assistant. I drove the vans. I bought, bought the food for the players. I kept the stats. Um, I did, you know, get involved in some on and off court stuff and recruiting, but it was really, that was the great laboratory. And then I had an opportunity to, uh, to be a women's assistant coach at Dowling college for a year. And that was my first introduction to coaching females. And at first I, I like, uh, many unfortunately view it, uh, as maybe a, a lesser form of basketball or not as intense or whatever else. And, and I was so wrong. And I found out that the college level, especially on the female end, was, was something that I enjoyed tremendously. And then from there, uh, Malloy College, I was the women's head coach there, which was my alma mater. I did that for four years. And then at, I went to New York Tech to be the women's coach there for four years. And towards my end uh, of my tenure at New York Tech, um, I, I started to feel that I was losing a little bit of my, my passion for the game in terms of uh, it was more about recruiting for college rather than coaching. And uh, I was missing time at home. And when the opportunity came up to return to Locust Valley, I thought long and hard of it about it. And um, it really turned out to be the best decision I ever made. So when I left New York Tech, it was kind of a surprise to, to many people and my players. Um, and I felt badly about it because I had, I had 
gotten very close with them. But they understood that it was the best move at that time. And uh, over these 11 years, using that experience on the college level, using the experience that I had as a player and from those coaches when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, um, that's, that's really been able to, to help me grow as a, as a coach and grow as a, as a person. You know, how I, how I coached 11 years ago when I first got to Locust Valley and how I coach now I feel are very different. Um, I'm a lot more compassionate, I feel, a lot more understanding. Um, the game has not changed, and often you hear it'll say that kids have changed. Kids have not changed. Um, adults change. Adults sometimes, uh, you know, in, in their competitiveness, lose the focus that these are games and that these are meant for kids to have fun and to grow. Winning is important, but it's not everything. And I feel probably while I was in, on the college level and even at the beginning of my tenure at Locust Valley, I was very dialed into to winning. Um, and I, I, I decided you know, pretty early on there that it was time to try to get away from that and about having these student athletes have the best experience possible, become the best players they could be, and then doing it that way, hopefully the results would come. And, um, and they did. And thank goodness, you know, um, it's, you have to take a, a, as a coach, you have to reinvent yourself every single year. And sometimes you have to reinvent yourself every single day because you just have all sorts of uh, things that come up and will cause adversity. And as a leader, you have to be ready for that. So, uh, I'm, I'm certainly proud of, of our results, but I'm, I'm certainly more proud of how we did it and what our program stands for. And, um, you know, I've, I've been blessed with great assistant coaches. Uh, they, they, they buy into the program. They're very loyal people. And um, I would never hesitate to have one of them take over this program when and if that time comes. Mr. Goodone, you talked about how you went through the college level and then you came back to Locust Valley do you feel that your mindset changed because you were interacting with your community and where you grew up again, being around your roots, it, it changed your coaching style in a way that you hadn't seen since you were at the Granville Baker Boys and Girls Club all these years back? Without a doubt. You know, there's there's nothing like working, teaching, or coaching in your hometown. Um, I certainly, you know, especially at Malloy when I was there coaching, that was my alma mater and um, I had great love for that school, as I did with New York Tech, and it, and I always felt that it, you know on the college level, if I could if I could coach at Malloy, um, that would be a great thing. When I thought about going back to to coach high school, I really was not interested, quite honestly, at that point and right now, at coaching anywhere else but but where I grew up. And when you get back on that same court where you were a player, where you were a student. And there's still some of your old teachers around, your coaches. And then you get to a point like this year where, um, you know, a couple of girls on the team are daughters of my former teammates and people I grew up with. Um, that's about as special as it gets. So when, when you are back in your home and you're doing something you love and you're around people that, that you've known your entire life and you see, you see their children come and they're in your hands um, to be able to work with them is a, is a true gift. And then to be able to get to the point where you can win a championship and, and really galvanize an entire community. Uh, there's nothing better than that. 
I'm sure winning an NCAA championship would be unbelievable. I'm sure winning the NBA finals would be an unbelievable accomplishment. But I can tell you, I don't think I could have been any happier than when the buzzer sounded at our last game and uh, you know, over 400 Locust Valley fans were in the stands at, at SUNY Farmingdale, just just going crazy, and um, you know, giving giving the, t- the team a salute and the town a boost that it needed. Yeah, how much of that would you say accounted to preparation? Like, how much of that success was due to all the prep and the hard work you guys put in at practice every single day? It it it's. It, it's all because of that preparation. That's a great question. You know, teams talk about styles or, or a way of playing, or this is, you know, the, I often think about the, the New York football giants. It's the giant way or, you know, and, and that, that's, that's something that needs to be developed and talked about constantly um, and practiced. You know, we would, we would practice all sorts of situations, being down in games, being up in games, um, you know, 30 seconds on the clock and what we needed to do to close them out. So we, rather than really having to worry about, you know, again, specific set plays or whatever else, we, we just talked about a philosophy and that is to play, play quick, but not rushed. And we wanted to play a quick tempo, uh, but not rush ourselves. And I think that's something that gets lost sometimes, you know, the term quick, Sometimes people think they have to rush and, and go fast. And it's not about that. It's just playing as fast as you can under control. And, um, you know, from our our uh, practice drills that we would do, everything was done with, uh, with a number in place. They were competitive. Uh, we tried to give ourselves a chance each and every day to break a certain number, say, of makes for drills. Every time we would we would work on defensive stance. It was always done in a game situation. So all that preparation uh, made it possible for us when we got out on the court in games to, to rather than think about it, just to be able to react and 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 go and, and play free uh, and, and play confidently. Yeah, I mean, you've seen them progress now for five years straight. How do you think their leadership skills, clearly you're not really a leader when you're in eighth or ninth grade, but how do you think their leadership skills allowed them to control the court and lead this team to so much success? Well, they're, they're interesting in that they're, they, they're both leaders, but they lead in different ways. Um, and, and that's a good thing, actually. Uh, Paige is, the, is more of a vocal leader. Um, she's, she's really strong at keeping her teammates accountable on and off the court. Um, she, she had no problem, you know, addressing a teammate on the floor or, you know, during our practice when something wasn't going well or she felt that uh, maybe they weren't focused in 100% or giving their, their all, um, she, would, she would nicely uh, but sternly remind them what we were trying to accomplish and what really was needed to reach that level. Uh, Julie, on the other hand, really is more of a quiet leader, but just will lead by example uh, at all times. I've never had a, a student athlete in all the years I've coached, which is over 25 years, um, come and, and just practice every single day in game speed, um, giving it her all at all times. Um, you know, so even, even the, the best players, no matter who they are, um, will come to practice and occasionally they're not feeling up to it or they just don't, they just don't have it that day. And that wasn't the, that wasn't how it went with Julia. 
Julia brought it every single day. And when, when players saw that, when she wasn't feeling well or she had a little injury or whatever else, and they saw her going full tilt, um, you know, that's another form of leadership that, that you, you can't, uh, you can't describe uh, other than to say she's just a gamer and did everything in leading by example. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more once again. And speaking of those two seniors, Julia Sabatino and Paige O'Brien, do you think that since they've been in the program since eighth grade, do you think that's allowed them to grow and and progress under your leadership uh, as coach? Definitely. You know, I in the past, um, having coached for the number of years that I have, I wasn't a huge believer in bringing you know younger kids, middle schoolers, especially up to varsity. Uh, but Julia and Paige, you know, five years ago, they displayed the kind of uh, poise and, and really, you know, wise above beyond their years uh, to to make that jump and having them play a significant role right out of the gate, which they did. They weren't starters, but they were they were very close as eighth graders. Um, you know, anyone could see that they were going to be top level players uh, in Nassau County and for our program back in that time and and. The, the type of uh, you know, just just the experience that they got and learning in the shadows of some some great players that had come before them um, that that allowed them for sure to reach their highest potential and to, to get to a point to where when they were seniors um, they weren't a surprise to anyone they they had the highest level of confidence I think or I hope that they could have had. And um, they really felt ownership in the team. Uh, I, I constantly made it a, uh, you know, a point to speak with them and, and ask them what they wanted to do with the team and how they felt the team was going and you know, give them, again, some ownership in running offense, running defense, what they felt uh, game planning against different opponents. And I wanted to show them the confidence that we had in them and that hopefully it would come out on their end as well. So that that five years, um, it's rare to have players really start at that point and contribute immediately. They both did, and by the time uh, you know this season was done, um, they were really extensions of the coaching staff on the floor as well as players. Yeah, I mean that it's it's a great success story. But let's just start from the beginning. What allowed you, as a team and as a group, to achieve so much success, saying that you hadn't achieved that in prior years? Well, when your best players are seniors, that really helps things. So uh, Julia Sabatino and Paige O'Brien, who had been with us, you know, they were going into their fifth year on the varsity. Um, they were far and above, you know, our best players offensively, defensively. And then when you add in leadership as seniors, once you get that, uh, that that's really the key ingredient that sometimes is overlooked. So when you have senior leadership like we did and they just happen to be your best players, um, that is really a coach's dream. And our younger players who had, had been coming along, they, they stepped up to a level that, that we had hoped but really didn't anticipate them reaching this year. And when you, when you put that along with the senior leadership and a team that had, uh, had come close in the past to winning but really um, hadn't, like I said before, gotten over that hump and was really hungry, uh, when you put all that together, that that's the greatest recipe for success, you know, you can ask for. And now 
Here's one of the star players on the team, Paige O'Brien. I guess, what was the number one thing that Coach Gadone told you um, when you were in those playoffs to try and keep that focus and pull off the wins? Um, Gadone would say a lot of things, especially, like, during halftime, like, Manhattan, we were down, he's like, it's all right, like, just go back out there, like, do your thing, you guys know you got it. Like, that really showed us that, like, hey, like, we haven't really been down all season, like, ever, and, like, we could still do this, like, we have the fight, we have, and he would, like, show us that, like, that, like, one last push that we needed to win every single important game. And now, Julia Sabatino's sister, Lauren Sabatino, who also played for Coach Mike Godone. You also played for Mr. Godone as well. Uh, what yeah. skills did he teach you uh, both on and off the court that you may both carry with you today? Um, def- He definitely taught us a lot of, I personally think, a lot of communication skills, especially, like, just, like, with other people, and watching him, I guess, the way he spoke to us, which was, I wanted to, like, carry that into how I would speak to other people, because he was always, like, so sweet with us. He never really yelled at us, but, like, we never got yelled at. Um, he overall, he kind of just taught us how to be a better person. Yeah, I can And agree it's something with that. I just wanted to carry over as I grew up. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And that about wraps up episode one of Locust Valley's Road to the Championship podcast documentary. In episode one, we covered the relationship between head coach Micah Doan and star players Julia Sabatino and Paige O'Brien. In episode two, we delve into what allowed Locust Valley to be the sheer dominant team that they were and what allowed them to go undefeated throughout the season and possibly even win a New York State title if coronavirus did not happen. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this. So make sure to stay updated with our social media to know when the episode is going to drop. So until then, make sure to listen, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Till next time, peace out. This episode of Locust Valley, Road to the Championship by SportsQ Productions in partnership with Locust Valley Athletics, has been hosted by Daniel Shalom and edited and produced by Nathaniel Shalom.